you ever acted differently around different people because you were afraid of their reaction or that they wouldn't be able to accept your real self? The term is called code switching, and today in the house, we discuss what it's like for minorities to code switch, while we feel we sometimes have to do it, and the problems that have caused this issue. Coming up on the House of Common Show. is it the, the idea of code switching. Now, if you're watching the show or listening to this podcast, you're kind of going, what does code switching mean? Well, on this podcast are, are 10 men of color. And so with that, there are responsibilities that we carry in terms of how we carry ourselves in different spaces and, and places with different people. And so there's certain moments when we're with our own family, when we're with our own friends of like mind, like us, where there is the proverbial ability to let our hair down and be ourselves. And then there are moments when we are with people of other races and other other backgrounds where we are to, to be our full selves is to almost be at 11 in some respects to some people's minds when we need to be at a seven. And so the idea of code switching is recognizing what room you're in and realizing that sometimes you can't go, some would say full black in every other room, but to be the opposite of that could be could be seen as being white or being something other than yourself. We all know that you can't take this off. We wake up and there's no idea of not being able to see color. We are color the moment we wake up, the moment we go to sleep every single day. But there's this idea of being black and what that looks like. And all of us, we are in ministry in some way, shape or form. We are um, we are in public. We're not public influencers, but we're in public in different ways and shapes and forms. And so there is the person that we are. And then there's the performance of who people are expecting us to be, too. So I just want to have a conversation about that, a real conversation about about those struggles, about those things. And then in light of that, we have kids, some of us that we're raising. And how do we raise them up to be who they are supposed to be and not what society wants them to be. So who's in there first? Let's jump in. I'm right here. I'm right here, man. Go for it, Bart. I think there's actually three states and not just two states. It's not just on or off or just the the switch of one. I think there are two states of whether my um, – there there is like the, the, the one that I've been taught, the one that comes – uh, that I do with my own culture that it relates. And then there is the preferred – the one, what do I do when, when no one's around? How do I speak? How do I behave? Um, that's one thing that has to be, um, identified. Like I remember when blackish first came out and it was a nov- it was new and it became, it brought to the light a lot of pe- to a lot of people, like the culture of the transformation of culture and how, you know, how, how Andre was raised versus how he now has to raise his children. And particularly, I think it's like one of the first few episodes about the head nod and about how recognizing somebody else and how we now have our own way of communicating because of the head nod, because we know that, okay, I see you, you see me, you know, the struggle is real. I got you. We're here. And that little, that also, even though it's nonverbal, is part of communicating. Um, The world that we live in, irregardless of your political beliefs or social economics beliefs, is geared for a certain quote unquote normalcy. So, you know, people are looking to hear certain things. If I like if people are looking to hear and see certain things in certain contexts. And if it doesn't fit that context, then you be look out of place. Like you said, uh, Chris, we're all people of color here. I dropped my daughter off at school, you know, last year or maybe yeah, with it last year or two years ago when she first went on the bus i got to cut through a catwalk in a in a different school my kid goes on a bus to a different school and on the way there it's cool because i got my daughter with with me on the way back i don't cut through the school because it sends a different message for this big black guy to be cutting through an elementary school with other kids around so mm-hmm. how we behave when we're around certain people i think it's dictated predominantly or primarily by the standardization, for lack of a better term, of what 
Uh, it's like, think of it like if I were to call it something, think of it, it's like a moving scale, like a pH balance. There is a neutral and then there is like, okay, mm. if this is something that is too alkaline or is this something that's too acidic? And we got to find yeah. where where do I move my needle <laughs> on this scale of, of, yeah. of, of taste, you know what I mean? So there, there has to be something that has to be said for that. Me particularly, a lot of people would say that I'd be more quote unquote white, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where when you see, because we mirror media so much and because we live in Canada, which gets dominated with American media, when I see my boys, when I see friends from high school, it's amazing how everything comes back. And it's like, yo, what's good? You're dapping people up as if it's nothing. But at the same time, because I do like live streams and I'm somewhat of a public figure, then the way I speak and present that way is different. I think it's more becoming palatable to every situation that you are, but at the same time, though that can be problematic in itself mm-hmm. um, because, you know, other cultures don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, white people don't got to uh, uh, adapt to wherever they're going to be. <laughs> Tim, you're super close. <laughs> Tim, you said, Tim, just sorry, for those of you who are just wondering where we're laughing, Tim's camera just zoomed in <laughs> on, his, right on his lips. Oh. Yes, we, we get it. We get it. You have a, no, a, 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 a we, we yeah, got a camera that you zoom in. We got it. We got it. We got it. You got your glasses. Now we're starting a chain of events. We're off the rails, fam. We're off the all right, all right. Bart, Bart, bring, uh, Bart brings back to center. Yeah, I do. I do think um, if I because I know this is going to be a hot topic. I'm going to say all my pieces now. I do think in raising people of color, whether they're male or female, they. They are going to be even more hyper aware um, of how to behave than even we are, yeah. because again, media p- plays such a. And this can be a big. This can be a big topic because a lot of us have uh, Caucasian wives. God bless them. And I, I always tell people, I said, you know what? A lot of that I think also has to do with like what I saw on TV. There weren't a lot of women of color on television. There were a lot of people that had those type of roles and in movies and stuff like that. So when we look at our children and how they are raised and what they see and what they know, and what they understand, they are going to be even more hyper aware than what we were. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about what, uh, if you want to get a lot of likes on Instagram or on TikTok, how do I behave? What mannerisms are then considered to be cool? That's really good. So, you know what I mean? So people then want to say, well, I got to do what I got to do if I want to fit in and I got to do what I want to got to do. If I want to get the likes, if I want to pop off, if I want to get that attention. So, it's such a complicated um, uh, uh, idea to navigate, but it's amazing how fast our brains adapt, even subconsciously, and we switch night and day. Jason, so I'll, I'll just I'll just really pinpoint from the American con- context because to me, when I think about it, uh, just growing up in the states and then coming here, it's very different. And to be honest, I'm always aware who I am as being an African-American man and people around me in the States are always aware, even so much more than I would say here, here in Canada. So I know that being, being an actual professional and even being a pastor, I had to carry myself a certain way. So then I, when I was around certain circles, when I was around people who weren't like me or talk like me, then I'm like, okay, even I, you know, I have to adjust because that's the way I have to adjust. And to be honest, every culture has a language and, you know, the, the black culture has its own type of a language, which might be our slang. So when we're around each other, that's something that we use. But that's not, you know, that's not the intellectual language that is used everywhere else. So um, it's important that that I've noticed that when we're around certain areas, yes, you know, yeah, I, I do change the way how I talk. I do change the way how I speak. But. Because, you know, obviously now uh, being an adult, being a pastor, working in, in, in the second word, being around professionals. Now, 
many of this, the, the slang and terminology that I used to use all the time on a daily around my friends and my boys and my family. Most of the time now, I don't use that as much as I, as I used to. But also I've noticed um, just in general, just how much that one part that I've seen that is sad is some people not understanding and knowing the room that they're in. I've seen some of our people be in rooms and it's almost embarrassing because they don't know how to respond to that type of room because you can still be a certain person. I can still be a black man and still carry my culture, but I can still be, um, be articulate. And so it's very important that people are able to handle themselves in that type of position. So, um, being a black man, having a brown wife, being two, two minorities, we've, it's been important for us to even now I teach my son about his culture, but also knowing that as he gets older, like, all right, when you're in this type of environment, this is how you carry yourself. This is how you actually conduct yourself. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to pinpoint exactly what you just said there again, Jason. You just said that, you know, there's different languages for different rooms. The difference that I would I want to identify is in our culture, the culture at large, Western culture, success has its a language. And if you want to be um, deemed successful or if you want to be deemed articulate uh, or if you want to be deemed just not ghetto, then you automatically uh, in society's view have to adjust uh, your approach because I can't act the same way I would um, with my homies, you know, what I mean? like when I was in high school, I can't act, I can't carry that behavior all throughout my adolescence into my Correct. professional career. There's no way anyone's going to take uh, a serious. And the problem that we have and it's getting better now with shows like Blackish and shows, different shows that are coming out for a long time. When you looked at movies, when you looked at a lot of TV shows, black characters were the ghetto type black characters not all there were other shows obviously but a lot of the time when you look at big blockbuster movies when you see something that's mainstream the black character is somebody who speaks a certain way who speaks like shanene who always has to be in trouble i i literally i, I kid you not and i don't want to get too political I, I like with uh, uh with what i'm about to say but the show my kids were watching yesterday i turned off halfway through it's a show from 100, Huntry, uh, 100 Huntley Street, and it's like a kid's show for, I think it's not Moesha, but something like that, Moesha, or something like that, and they're talking about like etiquette, and it's her dressed up in like an old like Aunt Jemima outfit, and the guy speaking what? very nicely, yes. You're, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And, and, and I'm oh, like, so look at this. So, so, so Moisha or whatever her name is, is scratching her hair with her fork. And he's saying, no, 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 no. We no. use this fork to, to eat the pizza. And we use do no. this. And she's like, what are you talking about? I eat my pizza like this. And she's like, I'm like, turn this garbage off right now. Even to, in this day, there is still that culture is perpetuated no. in front no. of our young people. So they, they think that that's what we are. That's what culture is. And then when you, when you look at that, how it's being portrayed, that success or the person who's articulate or the person who has poise in that picture is somebody who does not look like them. And my piece. Wow. Wow. All right. All right. So uh, between Kareem yeah. and Cal, you guys play uh, rock, paper, scissor. Why do you guys jump in? Kareem is ready to shake his screen. I am just, almost getting ready yeah, to shake his screen. I'm, I'm going to come at a different angle. So, all right. So here's my, my thing is this, um, yeah, I think you're it's it's you're absolutely right that this is what goes on. We're calling it code switching, but um, I, I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of and it's it's our fault sometimes as as a black culture. And here's here's and hear hear me out on this. I feel like even when when we say certain things, we say that uh, a person acting a certain way that's that's black or that's for the culture. Um, and here's the thing, yeah. Parts of it is, but uh, but the language that Bart is talking about is about being professional and being and and having and having class. And unfortunately, we've even done a disservice as as a, a black culture, oftentimes saying that that is acting white. That's mm. not acting white. That's acting professional, or that's acting with class. And so, as 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 a people of of color, what we have to understand it's not switching from being black to white, no, it's switching from being just uh, being uh, joking around to now being serious because now we gotta be, we're in a situation that language has to change. We're now in a place where we have to be professional. 
We got to act a certain way. So even as a culture, we need to start doing things to change that narrative. Yes, that part that you're talking about that's being portrayed on television as us being a, a certain way. We need to change it so that the language is that we're, it's not switching from black to white. It's switching. It's just us switching from being just joking around to think. Because here's the thing. White people do the same thing, too. Very white true. people, they'll be joking around with their friends and acting a fool with their friends. But then they get in a certain circle yeah. and they understand now they got it. They got to see the only difference. The only difference. And then I'll pass it over to, to Calvin. The only difference between a white person doing it and a black person doing it is the repercussions. Yep. Yeah. That's the only difference. Exactly. A white person, like, mm-hmm. like my, my East Indian friends ha- do it. Like my, my Asian friends do it. Like they have moments with their own culture. And then when they're in a professional setting, the only difference is the repercussions and the assumption on the other side of the table. hundred percent. Right. You're right. Like, like, the, like that's, that's the only real difference. It's like, so we're all, we like friends, if you're watching this, if you can see our chat, it's hilarious. And then we, and I've seen all of us in ministry moments where like, it's time, it's time, it's time to, it's not time to, to be grown up. It's just time to put, to do the job properly. Yeah, I've seen all of us do that. Right. The difference yeah, is, Go ahead, go ahead. But the last thing I would say to that, though, in terms of what we need to do to help change that narrative is even as ourselves, we got to stop. In my opinion, this is my thoughts. We got to start say, stop saying stuff like uh, this is us. This is us acting white or this is us acting black. Or we see a kid walking down the street who's a white kid and he has he's not he's not presenting himself well. And he's he has his pants to the ground and, 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 and talking just straight slang. And we're saying as a culture that he's trying to be black. No, that's not being black. That's him just. Acting a fool in that moment. That's just what it is. That's not, that's not black. That's just acting a fool. And so. And what's we, the, and yeah. And defining what the, and you do, even to define the idea of what is acting black, because yeah. I'm sorry to jump in here a little bit from a host perspective, but when I was growing up, black was New York. Black was Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's all we got on television. Now, <laughs> now if you know from, 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 from a hip hop perspective, black is down South. Black is the Midwest. Black is St. Louis. Black is California. Black is uh, black is black is Buffalo. Shout outs to, to Benny the Butcher. Black is black and black and then even there, black there's small pockets. Black is Toronto. Black, black is Toronto right now for sure. For sure. Black right is Guyanese. Yeah. Black is Trinidadian. Black is Nigerian. Black black is Congolese. And even in all those pockets are small. And so for for someone to say you you need to act black, it's because in their mind they have an idea of what black is. And black yeah. isn't a black isn't a, an action. Black is a person. Black is who you are. It's not what you do. So yeah. that needs to be a corrective statement out there. So when you're saying that person's acting black, you don't know what you're talking about. Hundred percent. Right. You yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Nobody can act black. You can act. I can act like Kareem. I can watch video of Kareem and imitate him. Somebody can act like me, but I. But that's not being black. That's being like a person. So get that narrative out of your mouth, Calvin. Yeah. So a little bit of my background, father's Jamaican, my mother's half, half South African. And so you got some interesting dynamics when it comes to being biracial uh, and the different philosophies, like my great, great grandparents and my grandparents left South Africa when apartheid was still going on. My man Mandela, right? Freedom. Uh, and then my dad who came up from Jamaica, a very hardworking family. And people always assumed that I had to be in what we're saying is black as black American, right? Where my, my black was very different when I would try and speak Patois out of turn. Uh, and it wasn't very great. Um, my dad would always remind us like, Hey, you're a Jamaican, but there are professionals from the Island. There are doctors, there are lawyers. You're the family that you come from, are not Rastafarians, right? We don't look like that. We don't talk like that. That's cool. We celebrate who they are as uh, looked down upon as they were, but we don't take our cues from that segment of that society, right? You were, you were in Toronto. You, we came here for a better life. Uh, you have the opportunity to represent yourself the way that you represent yourself. And then on the other side of the family dealing with, well, you're black, but you're not black, but you're too black, right? Because of the whole... Like we would consider ourselves colored. And so when I was growing up with my friends who were taking a lot of their cues from the music that I wasn't listening to uh, in terms of hip hop back in those days, um, I wasn't black enough. 
right? I looked at my skin tone and, and, and the truth is until my adult years, until I've worked out a lot of different things, as cool as it was to be the kid with the different hair, right? And the different features and some of the pride that I had with that. It was very confusing because I didn't have to code switch just for white people. I had to code switch amongst my peers who were black. We had a different life experience. We had different expectations of them and on them. And I always kind of lived in this very gray space where I despised my skin tone. I despised my heritage. I, I felt, why am I only part white? Why aren't I full white? And it's, it's interesting because I've been able to empathize a lot more as, you know, even you guys in the chat uh, are experiencing biracial families and navigating hair and navigating conversations. And, you know, as men having to deal with, going to a family and being engrafted in part of a family who will look at you and have expectations and you, you're not sure how you have to handle it, let alone how you're going to inform your, your kids to, to navigate home life. And so I think it's pretty interesting. Again, I think the idea of blackness, as Jay said, I, I think it's crazy. It's ludicrous. But even within our own communities, we code switch because I, like what everyone calls Toronto man talk, that's just patois for me. That's just the way that I speak with my siblings, the way that I speak with my cousins. And I don't speak like that when I'm on stage. I learn better than that. But then I, as, you know, a minister in trying to navigate the narrative of how we're viewed as black people. I remember, I won't say names, but I was asked how I was going to grow up, uh, the black community in a very white space. And I said, <laughs> Jones, you'll hate me for this. But I said on my first day in staff meeting, I don't know, maybe we'll have fried chicken and watermelon on Thursday. Mm. And everyone was like, very like, whoa. I'm like, yo, if we're going to go there, let's go there. Or being yeah, in another going context. There. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> that's going there. Or being in another like Calvin context would go where. There. Calvin would go uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Bring out the red cool bay too. But then you being in the another context. <laughs> The <laughs> <laughs> um, context I was in where there was a lot of urban expression and a lot of national representation, I would say uh, close to 90 people from different nations represented. And the, the thing was, I, why wasn't I speaking like T.D. Jakes? Why was I taking a more eloquent approach or why did I try and sound a little bit more red than some of the people that they had experienced that had black skin? And I, I just always feel like I don't fit in. But there's this place of, OK, I may I may not be black enough, but I'm too black on that side as well. So I will always speak in this middle lane of, you know, being a little bit more beige than others. Shay. Yeah. No, I'm going to I'm going to jump in a little bit like what Calvin said, like being being of that mixed descent where my mom is white and my dad is black. It was a huge thing growing up where like I went through a whole bunch of different phases of really not understanding exactly who I was and I had to deal with a lot of environmental stuff like I grew up with my mom for like certain years then moved to my dad's and would see my mom would see some of the family from my mom's side and that whole aspect of code switching and understanding who we are who I was because I would be um, at parties with my mom and like no cap, like my grandma would look at myself and my siblings and be like, why, why do they act like this? Like just flat out, just as blunt as racism could be. And hearing your own grandma kind of say that is like, what the heck? Like you're supposed to be my family. So now I had to turn down part of who I was to appease the other half of me. And then I would go over to my dad's house and go to some barbecues, go to some black parties. And, and it was weird because now I was that white kid and I could feel the eyes just glaring at me, even like the simplicity of, of going into a Jamaican food store with my father, mm. the eyes would come because it's like, what is this white kid doing here? And just that, that duality of races played a huge part in having to now all right, cool. I'm with my mom. I have to act quote unquote white. And I hate to label it like that because it's not, you're not acting a, a color that, mm -hmm. that makes zero sense. Yeah. Absolutely no sense. And then when I'm with my dad's side, I have to act quote unquote black. And then I also 
am in that type of interracial marriage where my wife is Filipino. So now you add that whole aspect to the mix later on in my life where like they looked at me as a black person and it was this huge thing in her family of oh my gosh our 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 cousin our our daughter is dating this black guy and he has black parents and now it's trying to be like okay um i now have to i can't do certain things that i would do with my dad and my family at her house because now their perception of me is of a black person and i don't want that perception to be negative so now I have to act a certain way to appease that crowd. And then it, it, it was just a mix of, of trying to always have to find out how I have to act in that situation. And it's kind of, it, it's annoying if we're being honest, like even with, with other, other people uh, of like, I've been stopped by police officers where I, as much as I joke about it and be like, ha, huh, yeah, like, I act black in the daytime and white at night to protect myself. Like <laughs> as much as I joke there? about stuff like that, like that's a reality. Yeah. That, no, yeah. No stacks. No cap. Uh, that I have to face. Like I've been pulled over in the car as a passenger with my wife driving and the police said nothing to my wife and just came over to my side and just interrogated me because he thought I had drugs and guns in the car when I was holding a Bible on my lap coming from youth. And it's just that that awkwardness of having to always switch it on, switch it off, find out what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, and it's just, it's it's ultimately a mess. <laughs> and and the weird and the weird thing is, and then right after that, we got another one, one of us jumping in, is that that can happen to you whether your pants are at your at your below your waist or whether you're wearing a suit. That can happen to whether you are the passenger in or you're the driver, it can happen whether you're wilding out or whether you are standing, being calm, doing nothing. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter. And I don't know if people really fully understand just what you talked about, the duality of having all these things. And Jason mentioned that earlier too, of being fully aware of who you are in every given moment, in every sort of environment. Mm -hmm. and not, And that's a lot of work. Yeah. It's actually, I'll even use, it's exhausting to have to constantly be thinking about all those things. Jones, you got next. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to maybe disagree a little bit on um, what people say, not not in the, the experience, but more so is when I listen to everybody, I think it comes more down to, um, once again, how you were raised. And so for like my family, if you those who know my parents, they know my parents are the same with everybody. They don't they don't change. They are who they are. Mm -hmm. They don't do no code switching. There is no foolishness. You, you you get what you see. And so that's what we've learned. You get what you see. If you don't like it, good. If you don't if you like it, great. And so the code switching was never really a, a, a thing for us. What was more of a thing for us was showing others what it was, what it was to be um, a respectable black person. So. I'm not going to code switch for you, but I'm also going to show you, you, you need to respect me. You need yeah, to respect who I am. You need to respect what I do. You that's need good. to respect because I'm respecting you. And so if you don't do that, that's your own problem. You got some racist issues in your own self if you don't do that. But I ain't going to change. Do I change my language sometimes? Yeah, I'm with my, if I'm with my family, you know, the Guyanese comes out, you know, and, and people start talking fast. But that doesn't mean we change who we are. It, may, it just means you are either going to accept us or you're going to reject us. One of the two. And you have to choose. But for me, my parents are like, I grew up in a, a full Greek neighborhood. There was two black people in our class. However, I loved being black. I loved being different um, because my parents taught me, you love, you love who you are. You love being who you are. If you're black, you're black. And we don't shy away from our culture. We let people know this is something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. This is something to take and say, hey, you know, I celebrate you. I celebrate who you are. And once again, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But I think when we start to um, go to the code switching, then I think we're trying to appease other people yeah. instead of just being happy with who God has called us to be. That's a good word. That's a good word. Hosky. I think, um, I think that's incredibly optimistic um, in terms of that viewpoint. And I think that 
you know, I have like my wife is the realest of the real. She doesn't change for nobody. You know what I mean? And sometimes you're in situations and (laughs) I've seen it. I've actually seen it. So I can attest to that. The realest. But but once again, you take what you take, right? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I'm like, like, honey, that's Pastor Bob. You know what I mean? On, on numerous occasions, I'm seeing Adam yeah, where he doesn't even say anything. It's all with his eyes, like. like mm. But like, once again, stop, you, stop you take talking. it, you or you leave it. You take it or leave it. That's 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 think, Michelle Hoskins. I love it to that. But I think there's a big thing that you know. I think Bart actually hit on some gold um, that we really have to balance, and it's this idea of time. And we have time in the past. We have time in the future. And uh, I'll start with the time in the future in terms of what Bart was saying, that success does have a language. And you may see people who do not code switch, who uh, who just, you know, just be themselves and whatnot, and you get them and you take them. However, behind closed doors, they get passed on opportunities. They get passed on a lot of things because, well, they're just not, they just don't fit the bill for this thing or X, Y, Z. You know what I mean in terms of, uh, so, and I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that that's the reality in which we live. So that's the tension that we have to manage is that like, we have the people who are the realest of the real, but who also get passed up on a lot of opportunities for, I don't know, advancement, not only of themselves, but also their family, their culture and all those kinds of things in, in, in the, in the future. And, um, and so I, for one, I'm actually, I'm on your side, Andrew, in terms of like, I prefer, you know what I mean? Like, like I would prefer for us to advance as a society and not code switch and, and just like, this is actually like, this is all okay as we are. Take it as we, as you get it. But the thing is that, you know, when we look at time, time going backwards, right? Like we're, we're looking at a snapshot of our lifetime. We're looking at what, like the last 100, 200, 300 years. And when you start to think about um, this idea of what it means to be black, what it means to be white, what it means to be of a certain type of culture and whatnot, we have to take into consideration like the prevailing powers that be the dominant, you know, the dominant cultures. You look at um, uh, British colonization, you look at uh, Greco-Roman culture, you look at, you know, ancient, uh, uh, you know, Judeo, uh, Judeo-Christian, sorry, um, yeah, yeah, Judeo-Christian culture even before then. And all of these things play roles into like what it means, not just to be black, but what it means to be of any type of race. And, and when I think that there's this idea that like, we're all like this idea of code switching is like, we're all trying to push for this normality, right? We're all trying to push for what this prevalent thing is. You, you have people right now that are learning that are furiously learning Cantonese and Mandarin because the global power is shifting, you know what I mean, to uh, to 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 Asia. No, and it's not staying right here. It's gonna be here forever. Economy, <laughs> economy is great. It's not great. Great. Don't even do it. Don't even don't even entertain. Stop. Me. Stop. Keep, <laughs> it Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> you've got you've got these people that are that are that are shifting. So then, like you know what I mean. I don't I don't think we'll be alive for it. But like this idea of of normality and what it is to be, I guess like that successful ideal type is going to shift and change. I don't know if we'll be around to actually see that. But we're also looking through the snapshot. I can remember. You know what I mean. I can remember where. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand when people would say, oh, Adam, like, Adam, you're an Oreo because I was articulate, because I knew how to swim and I can skate. You know, I didn't, I don't, I don't know why those things are considered by our people to be, to be pitfalls, to be, you know what I mean? To be like, not good things, apparently. And then I needed to be I needed to be blacker. So that meant that like, oh, I had to empathize with people like, oh, you can't skate. Oh, haha, me too. But I really can. Like, I, I, I didn't understand these as, these aspects, but I think that it's a matter that we have a culture and we have a people who are pushing for this kind of normality. And then this, this tension with our, mm. you know, with black people that are, that are pulling against it as well, trying to find identity. And it's such a struggle. It's such a struggle. Chris, you said it best in terms of like, we don't know what it means to be black because to be black is a myriad of things. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy mosaic of, yeah, of a number of different continents, a number of different effects, historical events, all these things have played into this whole idea of a black experience. Mm. Timothy. And it's one of the things that I would say for me, uh, 
having uh, been raised uh, by my parents, if uh, you know my mom, uh, she is very straightforward in my household. Uh, I would say there was little to know Ghanaian slang. Uh, if anything else, my mom would tell me, it's like, you're speaking proper English. Uh, and she would do with like a very regal, like Westinian British accent. Yeah. Uh, and I would say at times it's when I was at school, I got made fun of because I wasn't code switching. And it's like, this is coming from uh, the reality that it's like, I grew up in a multicultural environment. Uh, it's like in elementary school, like probably maybe two or three other black guys. Uh, and then in high school, uh, I was the only black guy that wasn't on the basketball team. Uh, though I'm saying that I'm doing a disservice to at least two other guys. Uh, but it was one of those things that uh, people, I wouldn't call them my friends, but people that I hung out with, they would continually taunt because they'd be like, yo, I'm more black than you are. Because A, I'm either not wearing the brands that have been associated with hip hop, or it's there, one Tim, of those things there. that it's like, I'm not, I'm not dropping the N word with them. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to talk like that. It's like, this isn't the proper way to do it. And it's one of those things along the lines of uh, what Andrew was getting at. It's this whole thing of letting people know that it's like to be black isn't to be some stereotype. I'm not here to entertain you. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that when all else is said and done, uh, my goal is to be able to uh, show myself off to represent myself in a way that is honoring and glorifying to God. Uh, and it's something that it's like, I'll find myself at times, there is a level of comfort that I will say when I am around people of either like minds or cultures or in uh, a lot of uh, situations that I've been privileged to be a part of, uh, skin tones. But then it's also one of those things that I've also experienced the inverse where I remember one time uh, we were, I went to uh, Buffalo and uh, we were at the Walden Galleria because that's the only reason you go for Buffalo unless hey. you're Bills fans. True, something true, like that. true. And it was the, the oddest feeling. It's like I saw a group of like 15 black people and it's like I can only now better understand what I felt, but there was a level of like, this is weird. This is uncomfortable because I was left wondering, will they accept me mm. if I meet them? Mm, will I be that. black enough for them? Wow. That's really good. Um, that's real. That's real black for Buffalo. Very black. <laughs> yeah. no, that's and it, it was just, it was one of those things yeah. that in that moment, uh, the whole idea of code switching, uh, especially if it is intentional, uh, can become very, it does a disservice to uh, us as, as a people, regardless of where we're from, uh, because it's one of those things that, yes, we want to be able to put our, our best foot forward and to showcase uh, the wonders of who we are and what we can bring to the table. Uh, but then it's also it's one of those things that uh, we don't want to feel like we have to put on a face to be accepted. Yeah. Uh, and that is definitely something that I myself experienced growing up. And it's the reality was, especially growing up, I felt more comfortable with uh, in a multicultural dynamic where uh, there was one black person uh, and it's like there were uh, Chinese, Indian, Asian, everything else that felt more comfortable to me uh, than uh, to be in a group that wasn't family, that was wow. all black. That's wow, wow, wow. That's, I, you know, I I'm guilty of code switching regularly, uh, <laughs> but you know, I I I do it partially because. Um, because I have to sometimes. It's just the reality of uh, of you know the the life I lead. Um, 
You're talking like you're a spy. <laughs> I'm Jason Bourne out here on these streets. This guy's part of the Treadstone program. <laughs> uh, no, it, it you better be careful because he might get at y'all. Treadstone project. He might get at y'all. We won't, we won't see right, you next week. When you wonder what happened to speak of it again. Bart and Chase. Yeah, wow. Wow. They brought it up for everybody to hear. You know, that's the bond, the part of Treadstone. You can't be faithful. Don't worry. We, out, can, we can cut this from the video. Let's just cut this out. This Treadstone was out. never mentioned. It was never <laughs> mentioned, y'all. Either was Area 51 guy. Area 51. What happened to those who mentioned Treadstone? Well, y'all didn't about, see the movie? What about Black Brown? <laughs> you know? yeah, Come on now. I know where all you guys sleep, eh? <laughs> you don't remember your name, so it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, Watson, go ahead, Watson. Go ahead, it's Watson. Because I was doing, I was just in doing some research. What they're finding is that not only are black people doing a lot of code switching, but white people do a lot of code switching too. I, I, I was reading that in an article and, and it made me think like, why? And I think a part of it is what, what has been mentioned already, just the culture, you know, there, you have to act a certain way. You got to look a certain way. You got to be a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'm guilty of, of code switching uh, at times, but it depends on the circles I'm in. Um, you know, when I'm at, when I'm, you know, preaching a message, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, my, uh, my, my language is more of the Queen's language, uh, the Queen's English. When I'm around people that, you know, I may have gone to high school with or people I, I'm more casual with, I'm not going to use a lot of formal talk. I'm, we're going we're gonna to break it down, you know, just talk, you know, informal. Um, and I find that a lot of people, uh, a lot of other people do the same thing. It's just interesting, like, you know, if you call somebody, and you call from a you call from a private number. They answer all nice, and you're like, "Hey, it's me." And you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, I don't need to talk like that anymore." So it's, I, I've ha- I've had that happen to me. It's really it's it's interesting, and I find that people don't understand. Um, I find that there are other people who you know different from different cultures who don't understand why black people code switch. And it's trying to explain to them why we sometimes do that. And they still don't get it. And I, I, yeah. I've ha- I have to stop getting angry at people because I have people that may go to my church, may not go to my church, who, who, who like to make fun of me when, I, when, I, when they're around and, and I, you know, I may or may not code switch and they can't understand it. And then for me to, to, to try to explain the why it's done, you know, you know hey, listen, you don't understand why this happens this way. It's not something for you to mock. It's actually something for you to try to under to, to more so try to understand why we feel that we have to do this, right? Like why we feel that, you know, we have to talk a certain way or why we don't portray ourselves the same way all the time. Um, I think that that's a part of the narrative, uh, the narrative of, of why code switching happens. And I find that, you know, we, we tend to find ourselves in these conversations that we don't have these, com- or we tend to find ourselves in these situations without having the conversations behind it mm. and what's actually behind it and, you know, why this happens and why it's a rising s- statistic, actually why people feel that they have to do that in our, in our culture and in our society. So I think it's also, uh, it play it's our society sort of impacts why code switching is necessary. It's also the projection of how black people are portrayed. And, and I think Bart said it earlier, portrayed in the media. This is how we're supposed to talk. And I get mad. I haven't watched BET in years, but I get mad at people who've only seen black people on BET or who've only seen black people in like world star hip hop or on, you know, the, the poppin' Instagram accounts. Like I, I, and that's their only sort of portrayal of black people, which is kind of sad, right? Is black people in these really more entertaining moments as opposed to the black guy who's a lawyer, right? The black guy who's, you know, who, who's a preacher, Right. Like these these arenas that people don't see them and they only see, you know, black people in those instances. So I think that also um, that also plays a role in it as well. Uh, Jones, you I, you know, I, I see I see you there. What do you, what do you got to say? You're muted, bro. I'm going to jump in quickly and then bounce out. Um, but it, I think either Kareem or, or Chris might have said it, but by us switching um, what we're saying is that there is a way to talk black and there's a way to talk white. And by, by you saying I have to code switch and talk differently, 
then we're saying there's a white way to talk or a different color way to talk and a black way to talk. And that fits into the stereotypes that we're trying to break. Mm. Mm. And right. so we got, yeah. uh, okay. that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying we, we got to, we got to try our best to stop the code switching because if you're loud, be loud. That, sure. There's sometimes you got to be quiet. That's just part of right. life. Um, but to, you know, people say they know who I am because of my laugh. Uh, the loud laugh. We know that Jonesy's in the thing because of this loud laugh. I'm not going to change that just because I'm with uh, Filipinos or white people or whatever. Right. It, it, we we got to be careful because by us switching, then we're fitting into the stereotype. And Bart said something about um, like the show Blackish and stuff like that. But even in the show Blackish, the dad is talking and acting ghetto. Yes. Right. You know, and so the stereotype is still fit in there by what He's we're supposed to ghetto. be. But I'll let Bart speak. Yeah, I, and this is a great segue. Thank you, Andrew, for that. Um, I think, wouldn't it be, it wouldn't be, it would be like, you know, remiss if I didn't say like, of course, it's the black people in the scenario who have to manage expectations of themselves. And I think it comes down to self-identity more than anything else. It, because society pins, again, like I said, like there's a neutral zone, which just happens to be white because of the world that we live in, in North America. Because any other culture that is not white is pinned less than the neutral zone, then everybody code switches to elevate to be at least something that is in the neutral zone. Yep. So our society already pins us less than. And I know it, sometimes it is not conscious, it's by construct and what ends up happening is black people do it to themselves. So black people will then make fun of other black people for saying, oh, you're catering to the white man now. Mm -hmm. So you should stay like us. So look, this is our quote, unquote, this, this is quote unquote, our culture is here. And now you think that you're better than us to elevate, to come up to this place of here. So how dare you now call yourself black or continue to call yourself black if you are going to go and portray and submit yourself to that culture crab in the bucket so so what's mm. what what ends up happening is people who are white have a hard time understanding that just by us being a different color uh we are viewed differently by society in general that idea is hard to grasp that I say, no, I know sometimes you may get a harder time, but I say, no, no, the harder time comes because not what they see in us, but what they think they understand about us. The, the worst part about racism is discrimination when you have broad sweeping ideas about a group of people. So when people believe that, oh, because I saw such and such film, because I saw she's got to have it, and that, you know what I mean? Like, because I saw what Wesley uh, uh, Snipe did in this movie, they then believe they understand what this culture is. And we get pigeonholed. Right. Black people ourselves, I feel like I'm talking like Dr. Umar Johnson, but black oh, people, oh, <laughs> with, with my fingers, but black people ourselves, we seem to, we put ourselves in the same, in the same thing. We say, well, I see that movie and I saw how Ice Cube was portrayed. And I saw this movie about boys in the hood and I see how Straight Outta Compton was portrayed. And so if I want to be a real one, then I also too have to stay true to the culture and stay true to the roots. The only difference is white people uh, uh, don't see the same thing that we see. So meaning that our experiences are just different and don't cross paths. And I believe exactly what, what Andrew is saying. We have to break our own chains. We have to stop the, the culture switching, the code switching, and the changing of our language and how we speak so that we free the next generation. I don't want my son to talk the way I spoke in high school because I spoke about uh, the way I spoke in high school because I watched Boys in the Hood and because I watched those type of movies of, of that, that showed me what it was like to be cool because of the black boyfriend that what's her name, the daughter in Sopranos had, you know what I mean, when I was like in grade <laughs> nine. Th those are the things that change you as a person because you're like, yo, that's what's up. And then you start to portray that and then it gets amplified by the people that you're around because they say, yeah, that's what's up. 
And in turn, when reality is, if you were to ask me even back then, would you want your son to talk like this, your future son to talk the same way or behave the same way that you're talking? The answer is no. So why are you behaving this way? Mm. We need we need stronger personalities, people of color, all different shades, especially men, especially men to go out there and portray what it needs to be like. And I, there is a whole other side for women in this as well, in Facts. terms of in terms of how a black woman is uh, is portrayed and what beauty is and all that different type of stuff. But for this conversation, it starts at your house. How do I want my son to behave? I don't want him to have to think about whether or not, you know, uh, uh, he's acting black enough or he's acting white enough. In fact, when they were smaller, like a year and a half ago, my son said one year, yo, daddy, you and me and victory were black. Mommy's white. And then even when he was younger before that, he's like, yeah, daddy, you're black. Me, mommy, victory. We're, we're white. Like he, the way he understands his culture is not based on, on uh, um, just what he sees on TV or what he sees his dad do. He understands his culture based on the context. And I want to provide him the opportunity to see the context with a greater range so that he can see exactly where he fits in. But you can't get there if you don't know who you are. So we have to amplify what we see in our children. We have to amplify what we see in the next generation. And for those of us who are youth and young adult pastors so that they can see who you are is determined by God before you were even born. And when you walk inside of that, you don't have to cater to any of these things. And the amplification doesn't have to come from anywhere but... Come on now. Pastor. Come on now. Cool. Oh, let him know. Let him know. Let him know. Pastor. So, Yo, talk. I'm about to get up. All right. All right. So I, I like what Barb was saying, but but even how we're talking about black culture is it for instance, when I grew up in the States, I know a lot of people who grew up around pimps, who grew up around drug dealers, who grew up in the uh, projects, which is, I mean, similar here, but to a whole nother extent. So the issue is that many of these people grew up in these type of environments where that's all they saw. Yeah. Like, for instance, the, the you know, the, the drug dealer driving around with the best car and, and the booming system. So that was a part of the culture. And so I think I think the issue is sometimes the people pulling out away from that culture. And so even though they pull out, they still grew up in it. And even at some point when they have to go back, they still have to be accepted. So I'm not saying, which I agree, you know, that uh, even, for instance, for my son growing up, I don't mind him using some of the slang and some of the other things. But as long as he makes sure that he knows who he is and how to act mm. and conduct himself in certain environments, to me, that's fine. But some people... This is all they know. I know some people who have never left their country. I know some people who have never left, uh, never even left their state who grew up in some impoverished neighborhood and some impoverished places. And so for some of them, it's just their experience is all they know. And they've never been experienced. Some of them have never seen wealthy homes or been on the, on the best side of town. And see, these are, I think these are some of the issues that many of our people face and uh, it's important, obviously, for our roles as ministers, pastors, worship leaders, whatever, et cetera, that we're able to bring these people out of these type of situations. But that's a whole other topic. No, I, I think it's, it's, it's valuable to, for us to remember, like, we get to be mentors. Yeah. Like, it, it, which, is, which is crazy. Like, we, even in this conversation, we get to be mentors to some 15-year-old or 16-year-old mm. youth or some young adult who's had this conversation that we're having in their minds and they're thinking, Oh man, I'm crazy. And they get to hear 10 grown men say like, no, like this isn't something that I only went through when I was 15, 16. This is something that I walk through right now too. And we get to be mentors. So for that one person, I remember there's a scene um, in Calvin's favorite show, the wire in season four, where these kids who only lived in, in Baltimore, uh, they get taken to the, the really expensive, a really expensive restaurant and they don't, and they, and they, they don't know how to be. And the teacher thinks this, this teacher, he's a Caucasian guy. He thinks he's doing such a great thing for them. He's thinking, oh, I'm gonna t- you won this project. You won this project. You can take you to this restaurant. And the kids are like, we just want to go home because it was so far out from what they were, were used to. I wonder what it would have been like if 
that teacher said, we're going to go again and 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 allow them to, to, for it to be normalized. Like you can actually have this. This isn't just a surprise. It's something that you can actually have. And to, and to remind our own children, the people that we get to be around, that the sky is the limit for them, that you can be yourself, that you can, that you, and there's moments where I know that if I'm speaking in, in an all white room, if I drop a Toronto man's language, it's an easy laugh right away. It's an easy in. And I already know that right away. It's like, it's like watching Will Smith on the Fresh Prince and knowing that he'll do a certain thing because he knows it's an automatic laugh. It's all these sort of, that's not, is that code switching or is that just being a really smart communicator? There's certain moments where you know that in a certain room, you can say a certain thing and it, and it, and it moves the needle this way. Is that code switching or is that manipulating room? I don't know. What I do know is that it's, healthy for us to have these sort of conversations and to be comfortable in our own skin and also be comfortable to hear one another's stories as well. Like I'm listening to Tim talk and I'm like, Oh man, like I know, I know I've walked through that. And then I've actually watched Tim walk through that when he was a teenager, you know what I'm saying? To listen to O'Shea's story or or to Calvin's or to even hear mine out loud. It's valuable for us to be willing to, to, to have these these tough conversations and to allow ourselves the room for people who are going to watch this and disagree. And, or, and like, and le- like, you know, I'll quote Andrew, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, good. Great. So this is, so this is, this has been, so, uh, so this has been real, this has been a really good conversation. We'll have, we got to have more of these like in, in the, in the Just days quick chase, to come. I would, I would love to say if anybody have any, comments about code switching they should put it in the comments Facts. we should we, we should we should further the conversation yeah yeah like yeah like, like it doesn't the conversation doesn't end and we're 10 people bart you said it man like if we think being a black man is hard being a black woman that's a whole conversation in and of itself so so we can so if you got comments if you got thoughts if you have ideas even disagreements uh leave them in the comments at the at the end of this uh at the end of this clip hosky turn it back over to you I know Reem had one last comment and stuff. So Reem, if you if you just wanna if you wanna chime it in real quick. Uh, the only, the thing I would I would like to say is it's, it's in regards to you know I, I agree with what Jonesy is saying. You even heard me say that I feel like we need to change the conversation from what's black to what's white. It's just what's professional versus what's ghetto and whatnot. But there is a side of it where we do need to be um, just we need to recognize the importance or the need sometimes that we do need to code switch. I would say from experience that there's been times where um, because of what I grew up on, uh, I felt like culturally speaking, now I had to be real to myself. And to be honest, that actually did a disservice to me and to those that are coming behind me and those that are around me. And there is a need sometimes for a thing, but but what even plays into that when we talk about code switching that we got to think about even, this may be a controversial statement, but my thing is this, I feel like as, as, the culture per se if we're going to say the culture uh we may not necessarily be physically enslaved but we've allowed society and system to mentally enslave us and so we we think of these different things as saying and and you know and jason even talked about like you've grown up and all you've seen was the ones that were that were uh picked up were the ones that had you know the drug dealers that all had all the money and all that and so you thought that that's how you needed to be or whatever or the guy that was down or somebody mentioned boys in the hood and all that and so you're growing up in that culture. That's what you perceive that that's success. And a lot of that is, I think is, is ingrained in us intentionally. What we see in media, it's been talked about blackish and whatnot. What we see in media and in, in movies and all that is what's portrayed as quote unquote black. I feel like that's done intentionally. Like I actually strongly believe that that's done intentionally to mentally enslave us, to keep us in this space where we, where we, where we resonate with acting a certain way and saying that that's who we're supposed to be. And if we do anything outside of that, that we're not being uh, true to ourselves and that we need, a, that we need to, that we need to quote unquote sell out if we want to go up or if we want to be real and, 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 and true to ourselves, we need to continue to act how things in society and media is portrayed. And so code switching happens and sometimes it's because we've allowed um, what's been put out as what is for success, uh, uh, we've allowed that to be, uh, to say that we need to switch to be that, to be successful. But really what it is, we just gotta be, we gotta keep on being professional. That's the last thing that I want to say. Sorry. 100%. It's good, it's good man.
Thanks for tuning into the house. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast and show on YouTube, support the team by hitting subscribe and engaging with our content. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to interact with the house members and suggest topics we should discuss. All the info for these outlets can be found below. That's it from us today. Thanks again for your love and support. Let's stay talking.